and bonjour, mesdames and messieurs. Welcome to the Wash Report podcast. I'm your host, Alex Chinnery, joined as ever by Mr. Rob Sutton. And it's French week this week. Wasps head to Toulouse this weekend out of the Champions Cup. Yeah, but barring a very unlikely sequence of results. They're out of the Champions Cup. Just like the Packers are out of playoff contention in the NFL. (laughs) And Bath are pretty much out of the Premiership. Wasps are out of the Champions Cup. But that makes it all the more fun because we get to play spoiler without having any expectations on the remaining games whatsoever. Yeah, maybe that might work in our favour. It's going to be the first time in probably the last four years where we're actually able to watch Wasps with nothing riding on the game. Uh, Were we out before the end last year? I know, I suppose we could have got through, couldn't we, going into the last game last year, but it was pretty unlikely. Yeah. So, uh, it's going to be a different feeling for for those of us going to Toulouse this weekend. Um, Just because, you know, I I know you all listen to this for my personal life rather than our actual takes on rugby. Um, (laughs) Currently nursing a broken thumb... Um, and a bit of a cold as well. So if you see me this weekend, uh, buy me a beer. It's the only it's the only way to recover. Luckily, um, I did get the person who strapped my thumb up to strap it up in such a way that I can still hold a pint. Um, so I can go one in each hand on Friday and Saturday night for most of the evening. Um, those of you that are going out to Toulouse this weekend, uh, the Frog and Roast Beef Pub, just that's where you'll find me. Um, all weekend apart from when the game's on obviously um, other than that I'll be living in that place um, <laughs> I mean I, I've heard I think that's where people went uh, the last time we went out there it's supposed to be a cracker mm. no it looks really good uh, I've got to say it looks really good on the website and um, no well done thank you for Wasps for, for organising it um, yeah yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a good weekend and yeah. I'm not. I'm. I'm deliberately avoiding last week's game, uh, partly because I haven't watched it back. I only watched maybe <laughs> ten minutes of it, and the ten minutes that I saw were sort of the sixty-minute mark, and we just looked totally lost at this point. Um, but uh, just another misfire when we have players who you would think are key players back in the team. Yeah, um, I think what frustrated me was it just seemed so obvious that what was going to happen in the second half. Like, so obviously, I thought they played okay first half. There were a lot of errors. It was a pretty scrappy game, to be honest. Um, obviously, we were helped by Toulouse going down to fourteen in the first half, and then they obviously scored quite early the try from Gitoun, and then we just we never looked like getting back in the game, and it was only a eight point game at that point and the only points we got was a long range penalty we never looked like scoring a try even when they went again down to 14 and when you're playing when you get two spells against 14 you've really got to take those opportunities yeah I just I don't I can't see what it is because hey we've got to stop dropping the ball 
yeah. and, and coughing up possession. They, they turned us over five or six times and they were just, you could tell it was coming the minute the ball was taken into contact. You know, could sit there and sort of say turnover, it's getting turned over. And that's just in the 10 minutes that I watched or 15, 20 minutes that I watched. Yeah. I think also with, um, I'm not, I'm not pinning this all on him solely, um, but the trouble is we are down to our third choice scrum off and Hamilton's a decent player but he hasn't been able to unlock two strong defences in Saracens and Toulouse. Now, we've played two good teams the last two weeks, but we've been competitive and we've got no points out, no match points out of the game. And I think that's the frustration. Like, last season, we'd have taken at least something from that game. Yeah, because we would have scored... We would have scored tries. We'd have probably beaten Toulouse because we would have scored tries. And and our defence has held them. I'm going to say, if you take out... And Wasp's actually defending quite well, apart from two missed tackles. But against a team like Toulouse, who I think could do something in this season's tournament. You know, they've won two away games uh, in, in in England as well. Um, I mean, they've set themselves up really well for not... Ha- they don't have to go to Leinster and win to win the group. And that's that's incredible. If they win this weekend and beat Bath at home, they're going to win the group. It's a yes. group with Leinster in it. Yeah. And you would imagine they're going to be targeting five this weekend and five against Bath. So, yeah, Leinster's still got to come to the Rico and by January, it could be a very different looking Wasps team. Yeah, I mean, there is there is that... Um, that... Can't get me words out. It's the pain meds doing that to me. Um... Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a different Wasps team, like you said. I'm quite looking forward this weekend, though, to seeing some of the players who have impressed me in in especially over the last couple of months get a chance in the Champions Cup. You know, someone like Ben Morris probably starts this weekend, and he deserves it because you know he's outplayed Brad Shields in a Wasps jersey this year. Mm-hmm. I'd even go as far to say as he's outplayed Nathan Hughes in a Wasps jersey this year. Especially yeah. over the last month or so, you know, you look at. I mean, I've say I've watched probably forty minutes all in of the game in different highlights packages and and the bits I watch. I thought Villiderou didn't look. He looked off the pace. He didn't look like he fit at all. Um, Elliot, I don't know what's going on with Elliot. He hasn't been himself this year. Um, yeah, you know, Brad Shields is still still adapting, but it doesn't give the same level of performance for us as he does for England. And I, I just, I'd I wonder I'd would, about these players. I really I think, do. I think Daly is, has a mandatory rest week, I believe. So I assume that comes this weekend. If you know, common sense should prevail there. So you'd imagine Dion comes back in for him. And you know, I'd, I'd probably still have Villy in the squad, but possibly start Rob Miller with Villy on the bench. I don't know. I think Villy needs game time to get back into into the swing of things at Wasps. Yeah, we saw it a little bit. The the, the game he came back from South Africa duty for, um, he wasn't he wasn't brilliant. And yeah, he'd flown halfway around the world, but I think it does take him at times a couple of weeks to get back into it and get back into mm. his stride. Um, I I just I see how much we're missing Dan Robson. I think you've got to have Elliot not at thirteen. Um, he doesn't fit at thirteen anymore. He he's so ineffe- ineffectual because there's just no space for him. 
He's a, he's the kind of player who an attack thrives on open space because he's got pace. He's got the ability to to see gaps and hit them. You know, he he moves his feet really well. He's got a great step, and he runs great support running lines. But at thirteen, there's so much extra work you have to do. You know, at times, you have to play an understated game. You can't be the centre of attention most of the time, which is what you need to you need to do with someone like Elliot. Mm. Now, yeah. consequently, we've not looked as good when he's at thirteen. At the, uh, in, especially this year, someone like Wanda Young, who, who has his moments of brilliance, but is just a really solid player in that thirteen position, brings a lot more balance to this Wasp backline. And I love Elliot Daly as a player. I think he's a fantastic rugby player. I think 15's his best position. But obviously at the minute we've got Villy there. I'd, if he's staying, I've no idea what's going on with contracts and contract renewals. Um, I don't really get involved. I tr- at least try not to get involved um, in that too much anymore. But if he's, if he's staying, which the club say he is, and I've got no reason to doubt them, I think he's starting at 15 next year for Wasps. And that's going to be the best position for him. Because he can then learn that position, play there for England, have the space, have ball in space, and he can attack defences. Defences won't want to kick to him. Because they know if he gets the ball and he takes it at pace, he's going to carve them up with his running lines. And if he doesn't, he's going to stick it on his boot, put it 60, 70 yards down the field, and pin them back in their own 22. He can't do either of those two things from 13 when defences just blitz up into his face, put two men on him, and he, th- 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 yeah, it just doesn't work mm. at the minute. And it isn't working, and it that comes... you know Some of our offensive struggles come down to that. You know, we look a better team with the 10-12-13 combination of Sopwanger, Le Bourgeois, and De Jong. And that's it. Yeah. And that's that's we've got to play that if that's what it look if that's where we look best. Yeah, you know, I I think maybe Subwongo sits on the bench this weekend and and Searle starts, um, just to keep him fresh. You know, we've got the luxury this week of being able to go there. You, Die Young can say to the players, just go out and give it a go. But um, it's a good chance for someone like Subwongo to sit on the bench. Give so a chance in Europe to get some European experience under his belt in a hostile environment. It will do him good to get the 80 minutes out there. He hasn't played an awful lot in the last couple of months, so you know, it, it will be it would be good for him to to play. I think, especially next to someone like Bouge, who I think has been incredible. He's probably been our best back outside of maybe Josh Bassett this season. He's definitely been the best signing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think we said it over the summer, all over the summer. Three or four of those championship lads that come in, two or three will make, two or three will make an impact, and it'll be a big impact. And they are, you know, Le Bourgeois and Ben Morris, I'd say, are making big impacts. Morris is coming in as a real good depth piece at the minute, yeah. especially with Willis out, and obviously we've been missing Shields and Hughes. It's been really good to have him there and playing, and. I, I think he des- I say he deserves a chance this weekend. Will Rowland's been fantastic for us in the forwards as well this year. But uh, Will was immense on Saturday. He was again, the best he, he he always he puts in these kind of performances, and I I know he's been playing alongside Joe Launchbury now for three or four years. It must be it must come from Joe because it's you see so many of Joe's tendencies in him, in the way he plays. 
I think they can play together because they will just be the heartbeat of that Wasps team. And it's so good to see that these players who are, you know, in the case of Will uh, Rowlands and Will Stewart, who have, who's had a good season, they're coming through the academy, or we're picking them up off the, not off the scrap heap's the wrong word, we're picking, them, we're picking up less desired players from other clubs and turning them into form players. You know, we're picking players from the championship, players like Kieran Brooks coming back, discovering some of his best form. When you look at Wasps of... When we when we were successful in 2003-4, uh, 2007, it was a really nice mixed blend of players that have come through the academy, who are wasps through and through, who know the who know the club, who know the culture, know the fan base. That's coming back. We're getting that. We're getting some players coming through now. We also picked up players who not were unwanted elsewhere, um, but maybe. Uh, was seen as journeymen slightly and got the best out of them. Yeah, 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 I agree. And we sprinkled in one or two world-class players from abroad, from other clubs, and turned it into a squad and a culture that was able to win things. I think when Joe Launchbury comes back, we will have a little bit something a little bit closer to that leader again. Because that looks like it. That looks as though it has been missing over the past three or so months. Mm-hmm. You're getting someone like Jack Willis back, who's going to scare the living shite out of Brad Shields. <laughs> because at the minute, if he comes back and gets anywhere near the form at the end of last season, then there's no way Shields gets into the team. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. and if Nizam Carr can go on a run in the next couple of weeks, settle in a little bit, start to play his game. We could end up with a back three come January of of Willis, Young and and Carr with our two England lads struggling to get back into the team if they don't buck their ideas up. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all that's missing is just having that little bit of of a push, a little bit of of depth where you you can put the players under pressure. And it's close. We're close. We're we're coming to a point in the next month or so where we will get key players coming back, and they'll add in, and we'll start to feel and and see some better performances on the field. We're out of this Champions Cup now. We don't have to worry about it going forward. We can focus solely on on the Premiership, which gives us a nice two week break in the middle of, middle to end of January. And I know Dyer has spoken about respecting the tournament and all of those things. It's not the it's it's the break from the pressure being on the players. They can go out and play freely this weekend because yes, they want to win every game. They want to play well in every every game where they pull on a wasp jersey. But there's not that same pressure on them in yeah, that way to win the game. They can go out and just try and try and re- rediscover some form and hopefully it will have a, a real turnaround effect on them yeah I mean they've got it's the old cliche isn't it they've got nothing to lose hey nice um, yeah so yeah decent performance Poss- I don't think realistically anybody's expecting us to win there are they no not at all uh, um, so yeah yeah, you know, you've got to think if we if we get a point out of the game, you'd have to be pleased with that. I think. Yeah, I, I'm I'm just looking more for performance now. 
yeah. Show show us that you can you can do something consistently. We can play consistently for eighty minutes, even if it's under pressure. Let's just show some good things. Show some heart, some some guts, some fight. You know, we we could really do with a couple of class tries this weekend. Yeah, a little bit of attacking performance with some some fronting up in in defence as well. Make to lose work for it. Maybe you lose by ten points. Yeah, but you know, have one or two special moments in attack. Score a couple of tries. Let them only score a couple. Not don't let them get four or five or six tries. And yeah, just just put in a, a performance where fans can can watch it and say, yeah, I see where we're going here. I think yeah. if, if we if we do that, then yeah, that then people people will be happier for yeah. it. I mean, it's all about building the. And I'm going to throw out another cliche here. It's all about building the momentum for the crucial festive period, which is obviously oh, yeah. coming up. Yeah, and obviously, um, well over, well on the way to to selling out the Rico for the for the game on the twenty third, which I think it will be a sellout. It's going to be a barnstormer um, of a of a match up. It really is. Um, I'm very much looking forward to to that game, to that event. Um, yeah, it's well, always we've, special. We've got- We've got two great events this year. Yes, I mean the the Quins Quins have done a terrific job. Um, I think that's getting up to seventy thousand. Exactly. That game, I think. There's not a lot of tickets left. I went on and bought mine last week, and there's not a lot left. Yeah, especially in the bottom at, two. I was, da- I was down at Quins on Tuesday. They, did, they they were saying there are a couple of bits that aren't that are still haven't been put on sale. But other than that, if you want to go and get a move on. Yeah, and it will be a really fantastic occasion between two teams who are in the hunt for the top four. I'll tell you what, obviously I, I watch a lot of both and there's, there's a lot of similarities between the two because uh, you know, they've, they've won games that you may, might not have expected them to have won. They've lost games you expected them to win. Quinn's had sort of the poorest start and are now coming into things, whereas Wasps had a good start and have now been on a, a bit of a poor run. So it, it could be a very important game. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I do think that two two good performances or three good performances in the next three weeks are crucial to that season. Um, uh, certainly, the two league games. Well, well I think three because if you include Northampton at home afterwards, realistically, we probably could do with beating both Bath and Northampton, and then you know we'd take something out of Quinns. Obviously, got to try and win. I, 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 think, I think we've got to try and win that Quinns game. Got to try and take as many points off of them as we can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think at the minute we we that's the type of game where if we win it, it will be so crucial to our season. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you you can take so much confidence from it. We talk about it. The returns around the corner. Someone like Joe Launchbury coming back is going to be a huge boost to this team. Someone like Dan Robson when Dan comes back is going to be a massive boost to this team. And yeah, I think I think they are aiming at big game on the 29th for those two. So that's massive. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. And it seems Jimmy's coming on well as well. Yeah, I'm really surprised that he is as far along in his rehab as, as he is. Um, for someone his age and with, yeah. with his history, the amount of seasons he's played, 
with what is a really serious knee injury to be that far along is incredible absolutely incredible um I do think, as I say, we'll, we'll start seeing some more of Jack Willis. He's been moving. He's moving. Uh, he posted a video the other day where he's moving laterally, um, uh, you know, side, side to side, corners, running different, stepping off both legs. That's really important because with an injury like that, I've done it to both knees. Um, I know exactly the, the rehab that he's going through. That type of movement is really, really tough. So if you're out there, you're 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 doing that movement. You're really you're one or two steps away from building up the contact on the knee. And once you once you're building up into contact, you're really not far away from coming back. So it's really really pleasing to see um, from a wasp point of view because I think I think Jack gives us such a spark. Um, he's he's such a good player that when he's when he's around and back in the squad, yeah, it's the same with Dan. It's just, you know, Joe Joe's CV speaks for itself, and his history speaks for itself. His performances over years and years speak for themselves. I still think the ability of Dan Robson, the importance that he has to this team, is incredibly underrated. Um, I think he's on, uh, and you know, some people may may see this as hyperbole, but the only difference between a, a Dan Robson and a Fafta Clerk at the minute is opportunity at international level. Mm-hmm. If if Dan had been given a, an England shot earlier, you know, around the Six Nations, given a proper shot in South Africa in the summer, he would be being talked about on that level um, in terms of scrum half performance. He's been that good for us. He's been that important to us, and it's plain to see. Really, really is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, if if Joe had been fit as well, um, I don't think you know we might have missed Robson as much as we have. To lose both of them in one year, in sort of within a couple of weeks of each other, so so unlucky. I agree. I I, I don't think. I think there's obviously there's a big drop off um, hmm. in level because, but only because I rate what Dan's been doing the last few weeks so highly Joe's not a bad player at all he's been playing really quite well for us as well before he got injured which was a a real shame um yeah there've been some some vicious rumors spread around Joe Simpson they're not true from uh from what I've been told um yeah it's just stupidity plain stupidity and there's too much of that around at the minute in rugby twitter um you know, it's putting me off a little bit at times, and that's why I've been. We've been a little bit quiet. Well, I know it certainly is for me. Um, it's just rugby Twitter. Oh God, don't! I'm just ready to have a beer with you all at the weekend because, well, you know, I love yeah, a, drinking. A lot of the, a lot of the tools are nowhere near games. So exactly. Actually, that's I'll it. Tell you what, it didn't that's come it. across on. It didn't come across on TV, but it was there was actually decent atmosphere there on um, Saturday. And uh, I've got to say, I was surprised when they announced thirteen and a half thousand. I thought it was a lot more than that. Yeah, I mean, it didn't look like a huge number, but it sounded like a yeah. a bigger number than it than it probably was. So, I mean, the weather was crap, and it was a late kickoff, so I can understand why people stayed away. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get why EPCR do it because of how many games you've got over the weekend and 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 all these things. But I just think. You know, just put. You've got four channels on BT. 
you know, let's let's use let's use some of them and play some more games side by side. Because I know I know some people will sit and watch all the games over the course of the weekend. Um, yeah, some some hardcore rugby fans. If I have a free weekend, that's what I would be doing. But the casual fan, the fan that really the TV companies are trying to appeal to, aren't going to do that. They're going to watch maybe one or two games at the weekend, and it's going to be the game that's on on a Saturday at three o'clock or on a Sunday at, at lunchtime. Those types of games are the ones that they're going to sit down and watch if they're like a casual rugby fan who have BT Sport. And I just think a Saturday at 5.30 going up against Chelsea City, as it was, I think. Yeah. Was that this weekend? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that... I just... I can't can't see the appeal of that, apart from BT being able to say, oh, we've not got Wasps to lose on at the same time as something else. And it ruins it for the stadium-going fans... It's not. It's not a particularly watched time slot for for rugby. So I don't get why we're doing it. Have Balmies have two time slots: an early and a late kickoff. But I don't really. And then you can have that on the Saturday and the Sunday. But I don't really feel the need for this five thirty Saturday night slot yeah, in the I'm, middle of in the middle of December and January well, that, when it's cold and dark and horrible. I was going to say that. That's the point. I don't mind like. Oh, five kickoff in at September. the start or end of the season is fine. Yeah, yeah, half, not in December. Half five in September when it's twenty-five degrees in the middle of the day, so it's probably low low twenties, high teens at five thirty. Yeah, that's lovely because you sit out there in the evening sun with a beer, watching your rugby team. When it's like two or three degrees out because it's the middle of December and you're starting a game at five thirty at fucking night. It's just not good for the stadium going fans. And as much as they will say, oh, they make they make their money from from the TV deals and, and they're, they're that much important to the club. It, clubs live and die by the fans that go to games, go to the stadium. And if we want to succeed and we want to make teams succeed and, and play in, playing in front of full stadiums, let's get them on at times where it makes sense for the for the fans going to the game. Let's let's get back to putting those fans first. Yeah. To be fair, the Premiership has got better. There aren't that many late because back when like the Premiership was divided, so like Sky had some games and it was on like three different channels. Since BT have got the Prem, it's been sort of quite regular. They show a game on a Friday night, a game on a Saturday, a game on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, but obviously Europe, it does. It, it, you are a bit all over the place. But at least there's been no Sunday half fives this week. This, this oh, season. Oh God, yeah, that was the too long game, wasn't it? That, all those yeah. years ago. Yeah, and um, I think we played Quinns last season at that sort of time. Yeah, uh, I don't. I just don't get it. Uh, I must admit. But TV rules all and all that. Um, yeah, it does. I mean, if you think it's bad in our sports. Have a lot worse in football. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I do the one sort of um, thing I want to mention is this: this potential, what's it, nine-figure deal um, for Premiership clubs, yeah. the uh, windfall for Premiership clubs. I'm, I'm obviously all for it. Any any extra revenue that the can go into the game help bump these players' salaries up. Help. Um, make clubs more financially stable 
I'm I'm all for that. Um, because it it is what helps grow the game. But I'd like to think that if they do that, they then um, push some money in towards grassroots. They help, yeah, not help to fund, but help to yeah, help to fund the development of the game um, across all levels. I think if this deal goes through, it's on the edge of ring fencing the Premiership because you'll you'll see similar to what happens in what what could happen in the Premier League where the team that goes up gets so much money that when they come back down theoretically they've they've got that much more of a class difference. It doesn't happen in the championship because the championship is the best league in almost all of sports um, in terms of how close it is, how competitive it is. But I, th- I don't think that would happen in rug- in rugby's championship. I think you'd have one the, the gap between the one team that came down and all the other teams would be that much greater and you would be better off in that scenario ring fence in the league. Um, yeah. Getting two, two more teams up, get it to 14 teams, focusing on the product, making the product the most the best, the most marketable it can be, and using that extra revenue for other things around the clubs and giving a little bit to the players as well. Um, because you the clubs can't make that much extra money without paying players more, it just won't work. And the players deserve it because they're the commodity of the game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, um, I do think to make the Premiership more sustainable need, needs to be looked at for sure. Yeah, and I, I mean, I do think that something along these lines happening, Wasps are set up very well for it. With everything we've got going on with with Wasps Holdings and and the Rico, with the different um, revenue arms that we've got there, we've we've got the biggest stadium in the country. And it isn't being filled on a regular basis yet, so we've got room, room for growth, room for supporter growth, um, to the point where, you know, we've got this the new training ground which we're going to talk about in a minute. The news on that coming out, if we are we're set up to really benefit from this, whereas some other clubs aren't. As such, you know, I look at Leicester and I think what a fantastic job they've done there. Commercially, it's the it's off the charts the best club in the country, yeah the best the best rugby brand in the country. But can they really develop that stadium much more? I don't think they need to. Maybe as such, maybe they're a, they're a bad um, example. I, I was sort of thinking someone like Gloucester maybe. King's home, such a, a fantastic stadium, but it doesn't hold a huge number of people, and I don't know how or whether they would be able to go about redeveloping it in any way or um, you know, growing the number of people they could get in through the door? Well, I think for a similar situ- uh, for a few years, Harlequins have had a similar situation, but they now do have permission to take the stoop up to, I think, 23,000 from 14. Yeah, I mean, that, that they were another one I was thinking of, but then I, I did see that come through, that news come through. Obviously, Bristol... A set as well. They're, Bath, they're in fantastic Bath's shape. Potentially getting a new stadium as well. If Bath's new stadium comes off, it will be a phenomenal venue for watching rugby. Um, you know, just don't don't try and bring a flag in for, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> they're still peddling it. 
I know. I I feel really sorry for the social media guy at Bath because he yeah. is just getting so much abuse, abuse that he doesn't deserve as well. But oh my days, it's just all the t- all day, and oh, it's so funny. I'm definitely trying to get to the away game on Maybank Holiday weekend. Yeah, and we. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm going to hopefully do that as well. We will have some sort of contest to see who can smuggle in the most fla- flags. Because it, it's... well, if we need that, our good friend uh, Richard from the uh, on on Twitter and his massive wasps flag. Now I don't think it's made an appearance since Adams Park, but uh, if we no, it's usually in... it's usually there up in the south stand. No, no, it's got a bigger one. It's on a, like a pole. Oh uh, yeah, I have. I've seen it a couple of times at the Rico. That's true. I yeah. forgot about I that. Think, one. I don't think it's been out since the Prem final. Uh, but if we could get that in the bath, that's probably our challenge. Yeah, but yeah, something like that. We'll we'll try and do something stupid on the Maybank holiday weekend um, because that's our brand now. <laughs> it seems well, according to everyone else, anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Back to other Wasps news. Obviously, the training ground news is very, um, very positive. I am, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm quite, quite bullish that, that this is going to come off now. The the training ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah everything so seems too. to be moving in the right direction. We've um, between between the board. I I, I must say. I really like the way the board have, have gone about their business um, surrounding this because it's it's been so quiet. There's, there's been nothing. There was nothing come come out about it. You know, there, there's all this talk in the press about players wanting away and because they're of the, of the training facilities of the lack of action and there were no comments on it from the board. They didn't come out attacking anyone. They didn't come out um, firing in the press. They were just totally silent. And then when this good news comes about, they put it out there. The club looked in control. It looks like it's got everything planned out. It's got a really good facility that puts community at the heart, which is what this club is all about and has been all about for, for years and years. And it's really good to see that still on the agenda of, of, of these owners since we've moved up to Coventry. It's the kind of facility, or the facility they have planned, is the kind of facility that sets this club up long-term for success. Yeah, yeah. It, It's going to be a real selling point for players coming over, coming in. It should help us develop players from the academy because they will have the very best equipment, the very best facilities, and it's only a good thing for the club that this is being built, especially with it being built, as I say, in conjunction with Old Leamington's RFC, right at the heart of the community, so it can be used for other things, not just for, for Wasps training. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And uh, I just... and, and very important to, have, uh, to, to get that sorted, and I'm not sure whether it will stop some players leaving, but it will certainly help attract players in the future for sure. Yeah, yeah. If a player wants to leave, then let them leave. Uh, I, I, no. It was this. It took this news really coming out for me to to sit and and I sat and had a think and I did tweet out something and, and a lot of you will have seen it that players come and go. Players have come and gone throughout 
my lifetime supporting this club. And yes, the ones that stay and are loyal, like a Josh Lucy, who came out of retirement to help the club playing for free because we really needed it. Or a Lawrence, who stayed here his whole career. You know, those types of players, they, they, they are fonder in your memory because of that, they've shown that loyalty. But at the same time, it's Wasps that's always there and always will be there. And if a player wants to leave, then they just go. Because yeah. unhappy players in the squad is good for no one. Correct. And it certainly won't help us win games. Yeah, you do wonder if it's had if all the speculations had an impact, but obviously, and now this is sorted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could, it could, they could put in a fantastic performance this weekend. Yeah, three, uh, I tell you, three good performances, and people stop talking. Yeah, people will stop talking, and yeah, yeah there are there are journalists out there, certain rugby journalists out there who aren't worth reading. They just aren't because. There are others who know so much about the game. Uh, Will Will Kelleher, I think he wrote, I think he writes for the Times, one of the papers. Guardian. Is it Guardian? Fantastic yeah, so. to read his his in depth analysis pieces. Uh, Charlie Felix, who writes, he might write for the Times uh, or the Telegraph. One of the two. He puts out some amazing analysis pieces. It's worth subscribing to whichever paper he writes to just to read these pieces. They're that good. And you learn so much about the game from them. You know, they, these types of writers are the ones you should be reading, should be following, because they've not got an agenda. They're not just trying to get clicks. They're out there to produce quality content on rugby and hope. And if we if we support that, if we keep clicking on those pages, then they will keep writing those kind of articles, and we'll go. We'll push. I don't want to say push back, but will have quality rugby coverage and the national press, the national rugby press, will come away from the, the clickbaity style of reporting news and you'll hopefully then be left with lots of local reporters reporting on their local clubs. So someone like Bobby, who does a great job at the Coventry Telegraph, who is there on the ground at the club at every press day, at every, at every game, at every announcement, who's got proper real contacts at the club that they're close to that they work with each week multiple times a week to produce really great news coverage are pushed a little bit more to the forefront because these are the guys who are specialists in the club in knowing what's going on and they don't write it in a clickbaity way they write it in a way that just tells the story how it's supposed to be told and that yeah if we support those kinds of things we get better news you know the way to stop the clickbait though is to get winning again and <laughs> I can't see it happening this weekend but I can see it just around the corner yeah I agree I agree uh, I look forward to being a journalist on your hit list in the future oh yeah don't you worry one day when I'm in communications working for someone and you're you're writing for some national newspaper I'm going to call you up and make your life a living hell <laughs> just because I like doing that to people I'm don't think sadistic. he's don't think don't don't think he's joking there, people. I am sadistic in every single way. Um, <laughs> plans plans for this weekend before we go on to our final preview of the match. Obviously, we don't know the teams yet because we're recording on Thursday night. Because Friday morning, I'm flying to Toulouse. 
well, as long as as long as some uh, well, the French, the French are on strike. <laughs> well, the French are perpetually on strike. So, <laughs> as long as at least two or three of the French air traffic controllers think, "Oh yeah, I'll actually go to work today," <laughs> um, yeah, we might we might get down to Toulouse. Um, I will see all of you in the frog and roast beef uh, when it opens, and and that's Friday and Saturday, uh, and obviously after the game on Saturday as well. Um, I'll have my little recorder with me, and so if anyone wants to uh, chat wasps, whether on the record or off the record, come and see me. I should have my wasp report t-shirt on, um, at least one of the days. So yeah, come over. We'll have a chat. Yeah, say it can be on. It can be on the record or off the record. Um, I'm still I'm still clearing with our uh, our first guest whether he can come on. It's me, old man. Um, it's not not a player yet. I'm not I'm not in that inner circle at the minute. Um, yeah, so I think I think we'll get together though, and uh, we'll sit in the pub after the game and and chat a bit about the game and, and get it down and get it hopefully get it out to you next week. Depending on uh, just how many Christmas drinks I have at work, basically, um, and whether I survive this weekend, because <laughs> that that could be touch and go. Um, to those of you that are coming out, have a safe trip, obviously, and uh, yeah, buy me a pint. Yeah, I I have the delights of Challenge Cup rugby at work this week, but I'm going to the darts on Monday, so yeah, oh yeah. Official start of Christmas. Exactly, exactly. Not a darts man personally. Um, I just, I like I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not. Uh, I like the. I like the drinking and singing culture behind it. I just don't think the actual action in front of you is that good. So, um, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm quite good. So, I don't mind throwing a few darts. You know, I can get behind that. Pint, pint in one hand, dart in the other, but. Uh, just watching it, not really for me, personally. Um, on to the, the actual game, then. I think we're both in agreement that it's going to be really tough for Wasps to win out in yeah. France. Um, yeah. when... and, I think play- and I think players will be rested. I think there will be rotation. Yeah, I, I mean, I just hope that the players that come in see this as the opportunity and, and really go for it. Because mm. I think that could be a real kickstart. I've... I've... I've got a real feeling something can kickstart this weekend. Yeah, I think as we mentioned earlier, decent performance. If we get a let's say a losing bonus point, great, take that into Bath. But even even a performance where we lost by 10, 10 or twelve points and scored a couple of tries would be better. Yeah, just, I mean, just having something to bring back to the games over the coming weeks will be really, really important. Yeah. Oh well, um, score predictions. What um, what do you reckon? Uh, I think Toulouse will win by ten. Yeah, I think it will probably be about that. Um, I think it could be close. It depends on the weather. Uh, the weather forecast has, has sort of been flinging around um, this week. There's been some rain forecast, and it could could get quite cold. I think if it's a forward-dominated game, they might roll us over quite, um, yeah, quite easily and quite handily because they've got some big boys in that pack who are going to be up for it in front of their home crowd. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about rioting and things like that. Those that are going over because that seems they're not all sorted now. Uh, yeah, and I mean they they wouldn't they were never going to riot while the rugby was on anyway. So, <laughs> um, you know, we. Uh, 
we shall see, as it were, how things go. Yeah, great place to watch your rugby, though. Really, is a good stadium. Yeah, I've not, and, I've uh, not been, so I'm um, very much looking forward to going. Well, this will shock you. I have been on a European trip. Oh. Uh, so I think, but this was at the football stadium rather than the rugby stadium. In I think it was whatever year the David Lemmy try was in the reverse game. I think it would have been probably about 2010, I think. Dave Walden was certainly playing. Anyway, great place, great stadium. Yeah, really good. And um, I'm very much looking forward to to being there on Saturday. Um, Thank you very much, all of you, for listening. Um, It's been a pleasure. We will come back to you next week after the Toulouse game. Any of you that I'm going to see there this week... Have a safe journey. See you in the pub.